0: Okay. Hello. 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 Oh, my
1: microphone. <laughs> I did it again. We're
0: professional podcasters, people. <laughs> um, oh wait, you get plugged in. Three, two, three, four. Awesome. Um. So um, today we had our family photo shoot at the Creek with Danielle Poffenberger, and she's so fun. I love Danielle. It's good to see her and it's always fun to hang out with her, but it was really nice. Otto said in the car, he was like, this is the best day ever. Oh, <laughs> it's so cute. He kind of says that a lot. Like, like when we have really fun days, he, he does say that. So it's kind of awesome but it was really fun. It was really fun. We played in the creek. We saw a lot of tadpoles, like a lot. And we caught a bunch, like barehanded. Aww. Um I didn't know that they were that easy to catch. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But yeah, and I've never actually seen black tadpoles. I think those might have been salamanders. Hmm. But my guess is that they're salamanders. Um but because they weren't, like, the fishy kind. They were, like, kind of, like, hanging out on the, the sandy creek. But it was really fun. Um, We all got wet. The kids got wet. Um, it was a good time. Nice. And I think that, like, my, um like, my wish list of, like, photography has really changed from what it used to be to since I had kids. Like, when I... Before I had kids and I was shooting more like fine art style, that's kind of like the photos that I would want, you know, but now like our life is so messy and active and chaotic and loud. It just feels really good to like have a low pressure photo shoot with like someone I know that I really trust someone who is like super authentic and fun. I know she's going to do a good job no matter what. Um, and there's no like expectation of like, of like, you know, show up in your best clothes and, and do this and that, like, you no, know, we're just going to play and do kind of our normal thing. And just felt really, um, more like us, you know, so, yeah. that was well, fun. I can't, I can't wait to see them. <laughs> me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, those will be our Christmas card photos. I think probably like <laughs> that's the thing with me. I'm prepared. Like there's a lot of things that I'm ready to do. Like got my Christmas photos done in May, you know, and then I could probably do my cards, but you bet your ass. I'm going to like run into like middle of January by the time I send out my Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's always good intentions, but it's like, yeah. when, when will I have time? When will I be able to do this? Um, No, if I were really good I would go ahead and like pre-make my cards on minted right now and then like save it until the Black Friday sales that they always have um I say that knowing that I'm not gonna do it yeah (laughs) I got that impression (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what I should do do, yeah yeah yeah, but no not gonna happen no pressure (laughs) yeah um how are you doing yeah, pretty good. Yeah, just yeah.
1: My parents are in town. It's funny. I still, like every podcast episode. I'm like, <laughs> uh, somebody's little, in town. Somebody's in town. The last six months has been like my parents, husband's parents, my parents. Yeah, yeah. husband's parents. Yeah. So apparently, you you have the party house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have like before we moved here, nobody came to visit us. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Now now we have space. So now That's you're like life. five minutes from the winery, and everyone's like, Oh, I'm gonna go hang out at Deanna's house. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um but yeah luckily you know my parents are here together so they're kind of just keeping each other entertained um and i'm just seeing them here and there they was might it... actually go to Yeah. Oh.
0: Ooh, really yeah which I is your invent. dad gonna <laughs> is he gonna ride his motorcycle to go there because i've heard yeah. that's amazing
1: on the motorcycle I,
0: yeah that's that's the plan um so
1: i'm not sure if it's happening because i haven't had a chance to talk to them tonight but that that was supposed to be the plan but they're well, gonna they go tomorrow totally
0: do it. Are yeah. they going to go during the day or are they going to go like later in the evening? During the day and then I guess potentially spend the night. Um, stay the night. It's yeah, awesome. That's what I said. Yeah. It's magical. At night, it's like a whole different place. It's like Disneyland. Oh, it's, damn. You know how like <laughs> when you go to Disneyland, it's like awesome. And then at night it turns into a whole new Disneyland. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what Joshua Tree is like. It's nice. so crazy cool. Um, yeah. that And good timing for that. The weather is excellent right now. Yeah, it's really nice. Did they know they were coming or was this kind of a surprise trip, like a last minute thing? Uh, it was a last minute thing. Um, oh yeah. to be retired. Awesome.
1: I know. And then I thought my mom was just coming by herself and she's like, No, why would I come by myself? Why would so, I, come I, don't, uh, I I don't know why I thought that. I just thought for some reason because all of a sudden I think I I think what happened was I so, you keep seeing all these like advertisements for stuff uh, for Mother's Day at the winery. And I was mm-hmm. like, too bad you're not here for Mother's Day.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I see. And then, yeah, <laughs> then
1: next thing I know, she was booking a ticket. And then I was like, you know, all those things are like $150 per person for some <laughs> shitty food and like no alcohol <laughs> or like one mimosa with no alcohol, pretty
0: much. It's so. <laughs> pretty much all orange juice with a little. Yeah. Dash. I was like,
1: do you really want to spend $600 before tip <laughs> on this <laughs> shitty brunch? <laughs> so. We did not Did you guys bad. do it? We we went to a winery that didn't have one of those specials. Yeah. Perfect. just got like a normal lunch. Yeah. So it worked out, but I think I got the impression she like really wanted to go to one of those places.
0: Oh no. You set yourself <laughs> up. You're like, oh, too bad. You're not here. Otherwise yeah. take and she's like, well, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, well, a lot of them are sold out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But luckily I think she was on the same page that that was just too Ridiculous. Much for like, yeah. For not I feel like good, if you're gonna
0: if you're gonna spend that much, you should go to the um what's that famous brunch in Hollywood. There's like a hotel that does like a really famous Sunday brunch that's supposed to be really incredible. And I think it's around the same price as that. I'm like, I should know this, but I can't think of it. I don't know. I don't know which one it is either, but I I, I know it's down in your area. Yeah. Okay. It's like a big deal. Uh yeah. But that would be more special, probably. Yeah. And the food's probably actually
1: good, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm like I've been to these wineries lately, and like they're short staffed. The food is like missing half the ingredients. <laughs> like, oh no! You know, like my mother-in-law got like a cheese steak that was supposed to, you know, have I don't know meat, other stuff on it. I don't know onions, tomato <laughs> stuff besides like, like and it yeah, more and it was than like, just steak and bread. Yeah, it was like little, like barely any meat. Like literally, like no, it was no like meat. mostly You're bread. Like, yeah, with like God. some melted cheese and nothing else, and we're like, "Um, <laughs> this is not what
0: it says on the menu." Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I don't know if cheese steak is the thing to order at a winery, though. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. And um, I kind of feel like
0: they should just stay in their lane, stick with the good meats and cheeses, like the charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to Stone in San Diego, Stone Brewery? No. You should go. It's in. Um carl's bad near it, it's near the wild animal park like what is that encinitas no escondido, escondido. Oh, escondido. Oh, okay yeah yeah and um their food is really really good you can go on the tour and then have dinner there or lunch there and it's pretty damn good
1: oh nice
0: yeah i find the breweries have better food yeah than the wineries yeah i could see that yeah
1: do you guys have breweries near you there are a bunch i haven't been to any but I okay. guess apparently there
0: are a bunch in Temecula, yeah. Oh, that sounds that sounds right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a few in San Diego too. That's like a like green flash and uh stone. Um there's a place called the brewery in Orange County, and it's like I think that's their name. It's B R U E Y. I don't know. Okay. Brewery. Yeah, it's not spelled with a W. Um, but I've been there a long time ago. It was very good. And actually, now's the time to plug. My um, friend from law school, her husband opened up a brewery in, um, I want to say Orange County, but it's Eureka, Eureka Brewing Co. Um, Yeah, check them out. I'm going to go there the next time I am down in Southern California. Nice. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So... Today we want to talk a little bit about um the red flags when you're looking for a professional when you're hiring a professional to help you with your business. Um this comes from um just years of like dealing with the fallout of people who have hired professionals to help them and have gotten screwed. Um so we're going to hit on just a couple of like professional fields, at least the ones that we feel more comfortable talking about and sharing what you should be looking for instead of like just taking your friend's word on, on this recommendation. Um, You know, speaking of recommendations, the reason why we're saying like, don't just take your friend's word for it or rely only on recommendations or what their Yelp reviews are is because when you're dealing with professionals to work on your business, you often, like for transactional work, which is what this is, you often won't realize that there's a mistake or a problem until it's time to enforce whatever it is you're hiring them to do. So if you're hiring an attorney. You're not going to know if your attorney is doing a good job or not because there's no one there really to be a backstop and check the work until you have to litigate your contract. Um, same thing for an accountant. Like if you're, if you're hiring an accountant and, you know, they're doing your taxes for you, or they're doing maybe your entity formation for you, why would you be, uh, you know, cautious of that? In fact, you're probably going to be excited that you only paid this accountant (laughs) this much money instead of paying an attorney three, four times that much. Most people probably are, they're, they're more, they're more satisfied with that because of, feeling like they got the better deal. But at the end of the day, you're at the end of the day, like the risk is that you don't actually have a separate entity. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really (laughs) worth that kind of like savings. Um, so that's number one. You can't really rely on just good word of mouth. Um, so let's start, let's start with attorneys, right? That's, that's our wheelhouse. Um, as attorneys, we know what the ethical standards are, what the professional standards are, what to look for in an attorney, and what are some red flags. Um, Deanna, do you want to start with what to look for? When yeah, you so,
1: Yeah, I think I mean one good place to always start when you're hiring an attorney is to just look up um on the state bar's website, you can do an attorney search. Just see, so okay. you know, has this attorney um first like right? Are they are they still barred? Um, have they been suspended? Um, you can, you know, you can see like the history of they've gotten in trouble before. So, you know, if somebody, yeah. you know, that's a red flag <laughs> if they've been yeah. um suspended a few times. Or... If
0: anyone has ever had discipline, it'll be yeah. on there. Um, that is a huge red flag because the bar doesn't do shit most of the time. So, whenever I actually see attorneys who have like a history, a record on their state bar profile i'm like ooh, you really messed up and usually it deals with money the Mm -hmm. bar really cares about um attorneys mishandling money client funds so that's a good place to start is just go to uh you type into your google search um cal attorney search and then the state bars website will come up and then you search by name or the bar number if you have it and then um you can check the box where include includes similar sounding names and you'll get a whole list of like attorneys. Um, so that's an important place to start because if you also hire an attorney that you met on Instagram or whatever, you want to make sure that they're licensed in your state. If they're going to practice law for you, um, state-based law contracts are state-based, they're not federal. Um, yeah. So, okay. That's, that's, a good place to to look first. Um, what are some other um, what are some red flags?
1: you know some of these things you um, you might not see initially when you know when you maybe um sign like an engagement agreement with them, but um, you know things to look out for, I think are um uh, how well do they communicate? I think that's also another uh, reason people. Um, get in get trouble with the bar yeah get disciplined yeah. is because they don't always um communicate um in a timely manner with their clients
0: yeah yeah um I think like so the the red flag of like uh the fee agreement like going back to that engagement agreement and the fee agreement they're required to disclose if they don't have malpractice insurance if the uh if they don't have it at all right um, they are required to have a fee agreement in total if the job is estimated to take more than four hours or if they're charging over $1,000. So um, the fee agreement must be in writing if the lawyer expects the fees and costs for the case to be a total of $1,000 or more. Um, so that's another really important thing to look for. Um you want to make sure that the attorney that you're working with, like, so what to look for. You want to make sure that the attorney that you're working with has experience doing more than just the thing that you're hiring them to do. And I don't mean outside of the scope of of work, like the subject matter area, um, but I, I mean, like, l- practice within the whole realm of that field. So for example, if you're hiring a trademark attorney to do your trademark for you, you want them to also have experience litigating trademarks, um, or or petitioning against trademarks, and and really having a full understanding of the opposite side of what they're dealing with as well. Um, if you're hiring an attorney to do your contracts for you, you want them to have litigated contracts before. There is a big difference between what is theoretical and what is actual. Um, that applies to most industries so if you're dealing with someone who's only done one side of the work like maybe they've only ever done contract drafting or they've only ever done like trademark filings you're not getting the benefit of the experience of someone who has litigated the contract before to know how the phrasing of a clause needs to be in order to be enforceable um same thing with a trademark right like you're not getting the benefit of someone who has litigated trademark disputes before to know how specific that that trademark application should be um so how do you find that information out you want to ask the attorney just there's nothing wrong with asking the attorney what's your experience with your contracts what what's your experience litigating these, how much litigation experience do you have? And if they say, you know, I haven't litigated, or if you need uh, to litigate it, I would refer you out to somebody. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably not want to go board with that person. Um,
1: what's another red flag, Deanna? I think also kind of along along the same lines as an attorney who practices in a lot of areas that a really different um somebody who's just like a super generalist like i can do landlord attorney law and criminal defense and contracts and uh, you and know family things, law yeah
0: yeah those you are all like those people they're not related to each other like it doesn't really those pieces don't fit together very well mm-hmm. um and part of that too diana is that the, there's a potential for conflict right Like if you're handling different, a lot of different areas of law, there is a potential that you're going to, well, the attorney will run into some kind of conflict with, like in your example, maybe they were representing the, uh, landlord in one of their cases. And, um, maybe, you know, when you're representing that person, you have a lot of duties to that person, an ethical duty, a fiduciary duty, a turning client privilege relationship, and then let's say there's another case that they have where it's like a trademark infringement against the same landlord.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The attorney would have to recuse himself from the case and say, no, I can't go forward with it because now your client that you have a duty to is on the receiving end of, of the work that you're hired to do. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not to say, though, that they shouldn't practice other areas of law. Like, there are a lot of areas of law that are different that do interrelate to each other. Um, like, your practice is, mm-hmm. is um, immigration and trust in estates, as well as debt and small business. And I think that those are all interrelated because if you look at the life cycle or the potential of, like, a client to go through those phases, you could have a client who fits in all of those different practice areas, right? And not be on the opposite side of you. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's a good one to point out. Yeah. And
1: I uh, think, um, I think a little bit too about like, you're talking about the, like a fee agreement. If, if um, the attorney is really vague about their, like you know, how they're billing you um, yes. the procedures, outcomes, things like that. That's probably a red flag as well. You don't want um, you know, to get uh, surprised with some bill uh, that you weren't expecting.
0: Yeah, there are really strict laws in California around how billing works and how contingency works um, and, and what you're entitled to. So if an attorney is taking um, your case on a flat rate, um, number one, they can't say this is earned upon payment. That's not a thing. So uh, under the the bar, the um, requirements for professional responsibilities, um, a lawyer may make an agreement for exchange or collect a fee that is denominated as earned on receipt or non-refundable, or in similar terms, only if the fee is a true retainer and the client agrees to it in writing. So a true retainer, as we've discussed before, is one that is only for the purposes of reserving your time. And that means that if you pay a retainer and it's earned upon me accepting it, that is because you've bought my time and I'm blocking off everything on my calendar. Then anytime you call me day, night, weekends, on my vacation, I'm picking up the phone. I So I earned that fee on payment because even if you don't use that service, I'm still available to you. So um, anything short of a true retainer, and you'll know that it's not a true retainer when it says services will be billed against this amount of money that you're giving me. Um, Let's say you pay your attorney advanced fees of like $10,000, and that's not typical for small businesses. I'm just gonna throw out $10,000. And they say, okay, I need you to pay me a retainer of $10,000, and I'm going to bill it against, I'm going to bill my services against your $10,000. And when the reserves get low, I'll let you know, and I'll invoice you for another $10,000 so I can keep on working. If you decide to cut ties with your attorney before your month is up or before the $10,000 is expended, you are entitled to a refund of whatever is left over, whatever they did not earn. The attorney doesn't get to say, no, that was non-refundable. Sorry, you don't get to have the $10,000 back or any portion of it. That's untrue. The fact that they're billing services against the amount makes it not a true retainer by definition. Okay. Um, In the example that I used earlier about um, paying a true retainer, which means that you reserve my time for the month and I'm going to pick up the phone. What you've paid me to do is to save that time and pick up the phone. Now I'm gonna bill you for what I do with you on the phone. So you're paying for services separately. Um, Another thing with the fee agreements that you mentioned, um, contingency fees. Um, There are specific rules about contingency fees. But contingency fees come up um, in scenarios where uh, you might have a case against someone and the laws that you're suing under allow the attorneys to recover their fees from the, the case. And that means that you don't pay for anything out of pocket if you don't win. That's usually what that means. But there are rules and limitations around what percentage of the award the attorney can take in their fees. And that's usually after... The uh, statutory and and you know, your actual damages, your statutory damages, and everything like that. So be aware that if you have a huge settlement for something or you have um, you win money somehow and your attorney is trying to take their cut of it through a contingency, you should probably ask them for an accounting and see how things are um, getting split up. And that reminds me of one more point about fees um if your attorney makes you ask you to pay up front like flat fees that's what we do right we say the services are going to be flat fees um you're entitled to have the fee held in a trust and only withdrawn as the attorney earns it um the fee agreement should break down what portion of the work is allocated to however much is in the fee um, that way, if you tell the attorney to stop doing work during X amount of time, they, the portion that they earn is paid to them and then everything else is refundable.
1: Yeah. We also, I'm not sure how much this would possibly come up, but, um, right. If you're, um, in some sort of, um, litigation and, you know, the other side is making, um, settlement offers, your attorney needs to share that with you. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, they have a duty to share all offers, like communicate all offers with you. Um, and same thing with like, if you're on the other side and you want to, um, make an offer, they're required to relay that information that you want them to. And they should not be going under your minimums at all or over your maximums. So, yeah, that's really important. There's a lot of rules around like how we're supposed to engage with clients. Um, a lot of transparency rules, a lot of rules around, um, providing documents and communicating in a very timely manner. So you want to make sure that whatever attorney, whoever you're hiring is disclosing all of the information to you. And, um, they're getting back to you fairly quickly. Like, and by quickly, I'm not saying like, in the next five minutes that uh, they should be responding in like two to three business days is I think the outer limit
1: mm-hmm. in my,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I they know. should be responding.
1: Yeah. Definitely from past experience. I've had a lot of, um, clients tell me like attorneys they worked with, um, in the past, just completely disappeared, took their money and they never heard from them again, which is kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, just make sure that, um, uh, you know you don't just let it go right like if if that happens to you definitely make a a complaint to the state
0: bar yeah because number one the state bar cares about money so that's important but number two you might lose your right to make a claim later on if you wait too long mm-hmm. um there are things called a statute of limitations which is a time a a, a, time, a window of time in which you can make a claim an actionable claim against somebody Um, I actually just had someone at my clinic recently who won a workman's comp um, claim and their attorney took a large cut of uh, the fees, which was expected. But the client says that they got one check um, for a large sum and then they didn't receive the second check for a large sum. And she was saying that she thinks that the attorney is still holding it. But the problem is all of this happened in 2015, 20... So like seven years ago. And I'm like, I don't, I, I think you're past the statute of limitations at this point. So you don't want to sit on things. If you have a dispute for money with your attorney, bring it up right away. There's fee arbitration that you have to go through. Um, but that's not scary. And um, and then like you were saying, Deanna, if you have an issue with an attorney, you think that they're mishandling your money, or you think that they are not communicating with you well, report them to the state bar. It's pretty easy. You just make a complaint on the state bar website.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just also make sure that, like we said before, to check the bar, um, the, the bar's website to make sure they actually are a licensed attorney, um, you know, In not California. Yeah. Like yeah. a paralegal or
0: a notary. Yeah. That's right. Every licensed attorney, every person who is practicing in California needs to be on the state bar website. So sometimes what will happen is you'll see somebody who is, uh, not licensed. There'll be a thing called a provisional license, Mm -hmm. or there'll be a thing that's like, um, legal. uh, What is it called? It's the document preparer or no, no, no. no. Uh, On the state bar, there's like a term for the attorneys who are like working in legal aid. But they're not licensed in California. Oh yes, um, like attorney advocate or something like that. I can't remember uh, what the name of that is, but basically it's like an asterisk saying yeah. that they're not licensed. They haven't taken the bar in California or state, but they're allowed to do limited services in your state through a legal services organization like a legal aid. Yeah, um, and then the other exception is if they are in-house counsel. Or practicing federal law, that's another, if, they're, if they work for the um, government, they don't have to be licensed in California. They could be working uh, in federal courts. Yeah. Um, they would only be able to work in federal courts, strictly federal court. Um, and then for in-house counsel, they could be licensed in another state, but there's in-house provisions that allow you to be in-house counsel practicing in a state that you're not licensed in. Um, so those are the exceptions to the rule, but they're all of those people are gonna be listed on the state bar website and their statuses will be listed on the state bar website. What you want is someone in um, active standing, not inactive, not suspended, not disbarred, obviously not deceased. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Anything else about attorneys, Deanna? Um,
1: I think just another thing is just, you know, um their personality, just making sure that, um you know, oh if, God, yeah that you it's somebody that you think you
0: can work with, good point. Like, yeah, like <laughs> now that we've covered the like very dry part of this, like the nuts and bolts of it, like any professional you hire, you want to make sure that you're getting along really well with them and that you can work with them because these are the people working under the hood of your business, and you, if you don't have a good engine, you're going to get stuck on the side of the road somewhere. And you don't want to be caught on the side of the road um, without good help, right? So you want to make sure that you have a good rapport with your professionals that you're hiring. You want to make sure that they are transparent about what they're doing. Um, And, you know, the way that I see this is that, like, Our job, Deanna, is usually damage control. Like people usually come to us because they have a problem and they really need help at that point in time. Um, The last thing I want to do is discourage anyone from seeking help because they don't like the the attitude or they don't want to feel judged or whatever it is. You know, that's um, a very, very unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. to be in. So make sure you have an attorney who is flexible and understanding, and someone that you can really enjoy working with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um. Okay, anything else about attorneys? Uh,
1: I think again, this is just another like overall. Um, really, any professional or anyone that you're working with, um, making sure that they're not um, being misleading or <laughs> telling you lies or. Um, Yeah, how to cheat the system. You don't want want a a sleazy attorney. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You don't want someone who's going to be like, well, actually, if you do this, then you'll be able to do that. And if it sounds, if it sounds fishy, it probably is not okay. Yeah. All right. It's different (laughs) if they're saying like, oh yeah, you should, you should do this thing in order to protect your property or whatever it is like that. Fine. You know, yeah. if a connects to B and that makes sense to you, then go for it. But if they're saying like, here's a way for us to kind of avoid that thing or paying taxes or don't just don't, yeah. you know, at the very least get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it does not hurt to get a second opinion and check someone's work because that's the other thing. Like, like I said, how are you going to know that they're not doing a good job for you if you don't check their work. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering where you can check that work or or like how to figure that out, join our Slack. You can always ask me or Deanna, that's number one. Um, in your state, you might wanna go to um, a legal service provider. You can always look up a free legal services and, and ask them um, for advice and get a second opinion every state has a legal service provider, like legal services, um, free legal services. Um, Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to accountants. Are we done with attorneys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Accountants. Okay. So love-hate relationship, right? Like it's really hard to find a good accountant that um, there are not a lot of accountants that I recommend but the two that I do recommend, I love. I love them, love them, love them. Um, you know, I, I think that the reason I love them is because they're really good at what they do and they know they know the ins and outs of what they're doing, kind of the same way that I was talking about earlier with like making sure that you hired an attorney who's being able, who's practiced like the world of whatever it is that they're doing. Um, you want someone who will tell you Your options. Like same thing with an attorney. Like the job of the attorney is to tell you what all the options are, what all the scenarios are, and let you pick your adventure, which one you want to do, what route you want to go. For an accountant, they should be really transparent with you and tell you like, here are the fines and fees, or here's, if you do these deductions, um, this is, you know, what your return will be versus if you file this way, this is what your return will be, but you might have consequences with like student loan repayment. you know? They should be able to understand your entire financial picture and give you the options and considerations in other areas that they might not necessarily be dealing with at that time. So so for example, like I just said about student loans, right? So if you are filing um, married but separately, then your tax deductions, your, your breaks might not be as high as if you were to file married joint, right? But for like student loan purposes, if you are paying back student loans, you might not want to file a tax return jointly because you're, they're going to consider your spouse's income when they come up with the um, repayment number for you. So taking that into account, you might Want to forgo the tax deductions and just leave the income based um, repayment plan based on your income instead of you and your partner's income.
1: And I think um, more about that is like kind of related is I think like a good accountant will kind of know um, what's like, like know their limit, I guess, right? Like they know, okay, like I can talk to you about like tax deductions and things like that. But uh, when it comes to liability issues, like you should probably talk to an attorney. Right? Yeah. Like they should kind of know where to draw the line. Um, say like if I'm forming a business entity, helping you do that, um, I'm only going to talk to you about, let's say, taxes. <laughs> yeah. But if If someone's going to sue you, you you know you need to get legal advice. So you should work with them as well before we decide maybe what entity you should choose or um, yeah. explain to them about the operating agreements, things like that.
0: So like when we're doing a, like a business entity formation for somebody, like let's say that somebody wants to start an LLC, um, the way that these pieces fit together is the attorney should be talking to you about like, what is your business practice? Um, You know, what are your policies in your business? All of that gets contemplated when we're forming an operating agreement, which is a contract between you, the person and your business, the entity, the thing that's standing in front of you. Um, we then usually say like, once we have your big picture, um, you know, the election for S corp, C corp, or pass through, we don't have to make that right now. That's a designation for taxes. And so I always advise somebody that, you know, my clients to go, go talk to your accountant, show them your books, um, what your projections look like for the year. And that accountant can better tell you if you should elect an S corp or let it be passed through because there's a tipping point where it's uh, it's more financially advantageous to be an S-corp, right? That's not my lane. That's the lane of the accountant. Just like for accountants who help you with business formations, what they're doing is filing paperwork. They're not doing an operating agreement. And if they are doing an operating agreement, not a good idea to have someone who's not an attorney draft a contract for you. Um, you know, along the same lines, we we heard a horror story really recently about someone who um, was dealing with uh, past taxes, like um, an issue with past taxes, past due taxes. And they're trying to figure out like, how much am I gonna, oh, like, what are my fines? What are my penalties? What, what's the number? What's the damage? And the response from the accountant has been multiple times, oh, you don't want to know. It's it's really high. Like, you don't want to know. Just tell me this. Just give me your deductions. Just give me that information. Holy cow. When I heard that, I... <laughs> Deanna, did flag. I? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought that was a joke. Yeah. This person was not joking. I thought she was joking. Mm-hmm. Um, holy shit. If someone said that to me, I'd be like, jail. Straight to jail right now. Yeah. Like... <laughs> what are you talking about you don't want to know it's so high like if I ask you a, a question about my money that you're managing you better tell me like yeah no freaking way yeah. um <laughs> no I sent that person to get a second opinion from another attorney or another accountant that we know um yeah that's that's you know a lot of this too kind of comes back to you and your business and how like if a person that small business is treating you in a way that you would not treat your own clients walk away Mm -hmm. walk away that's not normal you know and that's not a good fit Um, often I look at things too as a small business owner and say okay this person's very busy it's acceptable I understand like why they're not getting back to me but if they're Treating me in a way that I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a paying client right now. Um, you better tell me how much yeah. money than like, you know, you're fired. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You definitely want someone who's completely transparent and also explaining things to you, right? Educating you. Yeah. Speaking to you in terms that you can understand. Not just saying you don't, you don't want to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like that's condescending also, yeah. but like, I, I do think that part of this, at least maybe because we are attorneys and we do a lot of damage control, is that like, yeah. okay, the problem is only one half of the coin. My job is to help you figure out a solution.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're paying me to help you through this situation, not tell you how fucked you are. Yeah. You know? Um, so, you know, I, I think- transparency is always going to be key. And that's the same thing for your business, being transparent with your clients. That's why we say like for your contracts, like it should be thorough. It should have everything in it. Even if you're not traveling, we said in the last episode, if you're not traveling for the wedding, you still need to have a clause in there about your travel costs because if they decide to change their mind about travel, Mm -hmm. you're not springing new information on them. You're telling, you know, it's like, it's been in the contract. Here's what it's going to cost. If you guys decide to change your location and travel further. If you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. But just so you know, this is what it's been the whole time, you know? Um, so you wanna make sure that you're working with somebody that you can really trust and understand that. And also somebody who understands your business because, you know, this person who, uh, the, the, the same accountant also said, um, oh, you should change your tax election to a C-corp instead if you want to buy a house, which is ludicrous. Like That's absolutely insane advice. You are not prevented from buying a house if you're an LLC and you have an S-corp. That is silly. That's just bad advice. And it was bad advice for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is this person had an established LLC from four years ago And so their LLC has been in like registered with the state for four years. It's not a new business. This person also wasn't a new business to begin with. When they started their LLC, they were already like 10 years practicing, but for the purposes of like a mortgage broker, your business has only existed for four years. And that's a lot better than two years, which is what ended up happening when they changed the LLC um, entity type to a corporation type because of the accountant's advice. And in that situation, the person did not have all of their paperwork they needed in order to be a viable corporation because this accountant cannot help them with that. And as a result, they have no real protections between their business entity and their personal assets because it's a shell company. So you know, I cannot stress it enough. I've said it from day one that like people need to stay in their lanes. Don't hire your accountant to do your entity for you. Just because they offer that service does not mean that it's a good deal. Um, just because it's cheaper than an attorney, you're going to end up paying in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, like we said about
1: attorneys and checking with the state bar, um, there's, you know, similar, places where you can check to make sure that your accountant is um, like certified. If you're, you know, they say they're a CPA, um, if they've been disciplined, you know, you can find all the same information about accountants
0: online. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's really important. Um, When it comes to your money too, it's just really important. Um, Not like, you know, little side note about like insurance brokers, like that's a lesser concern for me but it's really important to know what your policy says. So make sure you are working with an insurance broker that you're comfortable talking to and asking a lot of questions too. Okay. Like I did have um, an insurance broker that was recommended to me by somebody who I did not jive with. Like I did not feel like this person had a personality or, or like a, a communication style that I liked at all. So um, I didn't ask a lot of You know, a lot of communication. But when that person went on leave, went to leave, and um, had me work with their replacement, I really liked the replacement a lot. And as a result, like I had a lot of questions for her, you know, and she was really, really great about answering my questions and getting me the right coverage. So you know, like no one wants to work with somebody that they don't really like, and your business is too important to put in the hands of like a professional that you don't really want to work with yeah I will I will also say that jumping back to the situation with the accountant that this person came highly recommended from an industry peer so you know to me I'm just kind of like what that that industry peer wouldn't really know right like I worked with a lot of businesses that um, use the same accountant and they all had the same problem. And I'm like, Whoa, you guys are all corporations. Do you guys even have documents that you need to be corporations? Do you know that you're supposed to be paying, you know, or you're filing annually instead of biennially?" like. There was a cluster of people who were using the same accountants that had all the same problems. Um, and. All of them are happy because, like, they wouldn't know that they shouldn't be. No one's checking that person's work. No one's double-checking them. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um. No, I, th- I think it's just a lot of yeah, the, the same stuff we said for attorneys. You know, just all, and I think communication is just a huge issue. Just make sure you know your accountant is communicating with you. They're getting back to you. Um. They're not, (laughs) they're not being shady.
0: (laughs) Also, like, you know, I think the, one of the things that people are afraid of and rightfully so is like, how am I going to get billed for this call? Am I going to get billed for this email? That's a good question. You know, what does it say in your contract? Do you have a contract? Like you should have a contract with your person and understand how you are being billed for that kind of stuff. Um, Are you being nickeled and dimed? You know, like it's, it's not my personal style to do that with people, Um, but you know, there came a point for me in my business where I was getting so many questions that I, they were starting to add up and I just couldn't, uh, continue to take calls, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to leave anyone hanging. So eventually I did start charging for, for like phone calls and, um, email responses to questions. And I found a, a line that really worked for me and my clients, but most of the time I don't charge for like a quick question. Most of the time, like it's faster for me to hop on the phone with somebody usually and just give them the answer that they need, or like try to figure out the situation than to like say, okay, I'm gonna bill you for this and and blah blah blah. But like I said, that's just my personal style. Um, you shouldn't expect that of other professionals because maybe they don't care. Maybe they, they're they like, yeah. I'll add it to your tab, you know, but you mm-hmm. should know ahead of time, like what it's going to cost you. Yeah. And, you know, along the same lines of what we talked about last week with money, I don't think it's gauche to ask mm-hmm. someone what their rates are. If they are not willing to be candid with you about that and like, in their website or on their fee agreement, which is messed up, it needs to be really clear on the fee agreement. Um, then you should ask them. They're 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 kind of opening the door for you to ask them what your rates are, um, and they're kind of expecting you to like, you know, blink first and not ask them and say, "Oh God, I'll just deal with it when I get the bill." Yeah. Is there anything else? um yeah i think i think we covered it all um i can't i can't think of anything else awesome okay yeah. awesome so we will see you guys in the next episode bye and before we go there's a few things you should know founder speakers for educational purposes only Nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice. Always consult an attorney licensed in your state if you need legal help. In some states, like California, this podcast may be considered attorney advertising.